This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by PitchSport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and I'm joined by Sam Hesseth and Albert Curley to, I think we're playing Leicester. Do, I'm just surprised we're playing games. When do we play games? When don't we play games? Who knows? We're going to try and cover off our visit to the King Power Stadium on Monday night. Will it be Roy Hobson's last visit to the King Power as he was asked today in his presser? That and more, but mostly, let's face it, European Super League stuff. Alexa. Play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast, from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yes, welcome everyone to the show. Um, Guys, I feel like it's been ages again since we last spoke. Um, Two weeks of... But now it's going to be a hectic period. So Heskiff, um, you're looking a bit tired. Are Are you ready for this run of seven games? Seven games in how many days? I'm going to have to check the bloody calendar again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think we go Monday, Saturday, probably another midweek one somewhere. We've got to play Southampton in a midweek somewhere. Get this season over with. That's how I feel now. Mm, exactly. And um, Albert, you're not looking much fresher. I don't, I'm not feeling much fresher, to be honest. How was the pizza? <clears throat> Doughy. <laughs> what was on it? Oh, uh, oh, it's very complicated. My pizza order today. Let's just say there was, it was half and half. One half comprised mainly of pepperoni. The other half mainly comprised of uh, chicken and jalapenos. Mm. No pineapple. Fuck pineapple on a pizza <laughs> well that neatly leads me into this i'm thirsty i want a beer what about you you want a beer can i just say now if you've got a fucking pineapple beer 
a pineapple pizza flavored beer, I'm literally leaving the call. Well, do you know what? I was um, literally walked to the walked to the pantry <laughs> to to get a. Um... <laughs> You mean you went to the kitchen? <laughs> no, we we got a little like pantry off the back of our kitchen. That, yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. How do you normally travel there? Because you you <laughs> specified that you walked there. That's that's how I, I walked to work today. That's, like, that's novel. How do you normally get there? <laughs> uh, well, I just shout at the missus, and she goes there for me and gets what Ooh. I need. Oh, that's obviously not true. So, but I went to get. I was. I, had no beers and um i was gonna get a one of my cheap stubby audi lagers and i was gonna have that to show that i'm not a massive beer snob um but then uh, my wife shouted oh i got you some beers earlier and um she's got me something called urban nought and it's a hermosa pineapple brute hazy ipa from somewhere in new zealand it's got a good blurb it's got a good blurb you're gonna enjoy this one Oh, it's it a big like can. A, it's, it's like a novel. You you said you're worried that we wouldn't fill twenty minutes. I've just seen the the, <laughs> the size of the blurb on this can. Uh, wash up on sun baked shores when you try this dry tropical hazy with notes of fresh cut pineapple, pear, and mango. Crisp as an ocean breeze and deliciously juicy with a bright golden glow. This beer will have you happily beached in a hammock and shooting off your last flare just for fun as you watch the sun go down over the horizon. Drink fresh, stay red. I mean... <laughs> Eight quid. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a good chance there was. Um, so it's 6.3%, so it's not the normal sort of quantity I've been drinking recently that has been killing me on these pods. Um, oh, I can smell the pineapple. Oh, and the mango. Um you, Avery, you guys got anything? Uh, I'm drinking a Budweiser. Bud. Heineken. Heineken. True to true to form. We're keeping it. We're keeping it real. Can of Heineken, yeah. though. A big can of Heineken. Mm. Right. Let's Courtesy of Deliveroo. Mm. Specifically for the pod, or? Uh, no, specifically for the wife's birthday, I treated her to some oh, one one can of Heineken. No, it was eight. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. What are you saying, Terence? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's oh. very um mm. shit. <laughs> no, it's, that- it's, it's it's all right. There's just there's be- there's better variation to that. It's it's decent. It's a it's a solid oh, so- three point five out of five. There's there's better variations if so if you re, if you there's better variations on pineapple beer there's better alternatives is there um, other no, pineapple see, see, beers I, are I, available yeah I, I I like a I like a pineapple beer or I, I like a grapefruit grapefruit ones are good like that bit of bitterness but um you tried yeah. milt <laughs> and <laughs> a ting can of ting we discussed this already that's the tropical IPA that we were sponsored by a few weeks back um, yeah. By, uh, we won't name the brewery until they sponsor us again. Yeah, they, they've not got back in touch, have they? <laughs> <laughs> Failed experiment on their part. No, not yet. Um, well, how are you guys doing with getting us something with Heineken then? Um, well, like I say, I had eight of them turn up to my house the other day, courtesy of Deliveroo. 
other delivery apps are available. Yeah, uh, and in case it's just to make it, if it wasn't clear, I, I did have to pay for it. So one step at a time, we'll get there. We can um, maybe Hesky, if when we get back to games, we can you know outside in the players' lounge or something have a chat with Gyro, see if he can sort us out, see if he's got any contacts with for Heineken. What? For Heineken. Oh, that's not where I'm on. Now we know why Heskiff is tired. <laughs> um, right. So I, I guess we're going to have to start with the European Super League, aren't we? Are, pe- are people bored of it by now? I don't know. I suppose we should talk about it because there's not been any pod covering it. Um, Albert, what were, your, what were your initial thoughts when it come, when it all came out? Uh, it's like it got announced on the Sunday night, didn't it? And I wasn't really aware of it on the Sunday. It was only on the Monday that I uh, sort of started hearing all the hoo ha. And um, I mean, on the face of it, it's it too good to be true is the the wrong the wrong term. But it seemed so unrealistic that it would ever go ahead. But you know, all the noises coming out seemed very uh, nope. This is happening. We're doing it. And then all the mud started getting slung round and Premier League piping up and players getting banned from international football. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, a great day of drama. Um, it was weird. I, I sort of, whilst it's, whilst it's obviously bad for the, for the game as a whole, I, I sort of, I, I sort of felt, well, if they want to go, let them go you know it might be a more enjoyable league without them but obviously in terms of what the knock-on effect that has in revenue for the whole league and therefore us if we're in it you know it's it is it is a, a huge detriment um to anyone affiliated with the premier league and and it will have a knock, knock-on effect lower down the league so i wasn't surprised when it um started falling apart i was sort of fairly surprised in the the manner and how soon it fell apart, but uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, a, a a league that's not a league that really isn't a competition. I mean, it's just mad. It's just madness. And I mean, the the improved Champions League isn't much better, but um, it's not as bad as that. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it, I mean, obviously they would have stayed in the Premier League, but still played in this European Super League, which just the whole concept of it seemed very bizarre to me. Um. Before we before we get into that, Heskiff, what what were your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, I, I, you're a bit like me in the sense of sometimes you just want to see the world burn, so <laughs> let it let it happen and let it let it see it spectacularly foul. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I hated the idea of it. I think it it goes against everything that makes football good, as much as you know, it's a, a sort of few select clubs that win the league every year. Having the periodic, you know, rise of like Leicester or I hate to say it, but West Ham doing well, that's what you can aspire to. And and I know that Parish has been on every TV show under the sun saying as much. But if you if you don't have, you know, the risk of going down or the, the sort of potential of winning a cup or winning, you know, getting into Europe or winning the league, there's no there's no point in football. Like it's a complete mockery of what we all love about the game. So yeah, I think like like Albert, I was surprised at how quickly it all sort of crumbled into dust. I thought it was quite funny how much backtracking they did and and all of the sort of comments that came out afterwards from the clubs. 
Um, but at the moment, I'm just more interested in seeing what kind of punishment they get because we know it as Palace fans, mismanagement of a club, taking us the other way, taking us into administration, meant that we got points deducted in the same way that loads of clubs have Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth. Um, So mismanagement by way of greed to the detriment of every other club outside of those six or 12 or however many should, I think, result in points deductions too. And as, you know, as a starting point, I mean, if they got booted out of the Champions League or got their money taken away or something, that would also be quite fun. Yeah, absolutely. a good tweet from Dave Moore, who um, happens to stand next to me at Palace as well. You, you can't punish the big six clubs because it impacts the players and fans when it's the owner's fault, which has been the general sentiment. But when clubs like mine go into administration and are deducted points because of poor ownership, fans and players are collateral damage. What's the difference? And you've pretty much covered it there. It's, saying it's just true. It's like because it's the top six and are oh, the owners and oh, they don't really understand the game and the fan knows. No, it's nonsense. There should be some some form of punishment, and it can't be financial because it won't mean anything to them. It will just be yeah, mere, mere drops in the ocean to them. The ocean, yeah. I, I don't mean, think they're gonna. They're not gonna get. They're not gonna get a. Course a, they're not. A points deduction punishment. I think. I think that's almost gonna be the end of it. Of course. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's complete double. It's, it's a complete double standard because there should there should absolutely be some sort of punishment. And um, but it was interesting. Um, I mean, Steve Parry said a few things that were quite interesting, which is un- <laughs> unusual for him. Um, I can't remember what show it was on. I think it might have been upstairs in the bedrooms with Dion Dublin on Homes Under the Hammer. But um, <laughs> he's become like uh, a, cu- a couple of the things that he said is that uh, it's, it's great that it's out of the shadows now because this has been hanging around for years and they've always used it as something as a sort of you know a warning that we, we'll do this if if you don't all tone a lion, which was um, so obviously for them, it's great. But um, he it sort of becomes synonymous with um, Albert, with his line of saying the fans basically called for the right to lose, um, which was, which without, without defeat, I always say this when I was, when I was growing up, I, how do you support Man United going to every game and expecting to win every week? Like, how do you do that? I mean, it's about football is more about losing than it is winning to me, I think. So um, it was good to hear our own well, chairman echo that. Well, it's, it's nice to hear the chairman echo that sentiment, but I guess, you know, he's been a Palace fan his whole life, so he, it's what he understands, right? He's seen, he's seen our form record. He has to he has to defend our right to lose because it wouldn't be much else. <laughs> yeah, but we were asking for our right to occasionally win with 40-yard volleys from Andros Townsend at the Etihad, I guess. Yeah, that's quite nice. No, I think I think um, Parrish has you know has, has he's done the rounds. He he was one of the first people to speak out, and obviously in the in the wake of it all going apart, you know, he he sort of did the rounds again, and I thought I thought he spoke really well. Um, I think him and him and Gary Neville have have you know have, have really sort of rammed the point home in, albeit in slightly varying styles. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, you know, credit credit to Parish for, for sort of being the face of, at board level of, um, you know, the of the the face of the protest at board level, um, didn't didn't come across bitter or you know, green eyed or anything like that. It was it was it was talking as a football fan, mm. um, 
which I think occasionally, and I have to occasionally have to remind ourselves that first and foremost, that's that's what he was. You know, he's a he's a he's a football fan, and specifically a Palace fan, like like the rest of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> I know he's not he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think it's it's one of those moments where having a fan being the owner of your club is it just is a massively favourable thing for us. Um, especially when, I don't know what you thought about this, Hesky, if the Liverpool owner constantly referring to them as LFC in that in that interview. Yeah, I, I saw a, a, another statement that, that used the word customer, I think, or something like that. And it's just like, the, the apology means absolutely nothing when you're so detached from the people you're talking to and the people that you're trying to sort of connect with. It just doesn't mean anything. And, and all of these apologies that have come out, you, you, you're basically apologising because you got caught. I don't think you're sorry about anything you've done. It's just mm. that, you know, a scrabbling to save face, which almost makes it worse because we all know that it's, you know, a load of old bullshit. So to having someone like, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't been Parrish's biggest fan. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I think he's all right. But this week he's been a great ambassador for Palace and I think for the other, you know, the other 14 and the, and, and the clubs that were sort of pushed aside by this ESL. And I think he's done this very proud. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a good week for him. Um, I wonder if he's going to top it off by sacking Roy. <laughs> good week. Good week for him. But bad week for the Real Madrid president, who is basically the driving force behind all this, it would seem. Um He's he said some <laughs> he said some amazing things um, amazing things about this. Um, perhaps my favourite being Albert that we should we should we should all be supporters of the ESL because they'll have more money to buy our players with <laughs> if, if this went ahead. <laughs> I mean, the, thanks. And, and what the, the the joke he, he he's also said at some point he's like if. In, in specifically referring to English football, it's wrong that the top six teams operate at a loss while the other 14 teams can turn a profit. It's like, hang on. Sorry, a, mate, what? A, a, this is just factually inaccurate anyway, because I think Arsenal and Tottenham are two of the most profitable teams there are in the world, if not the two most profitable teams in the world in terms of um, how they their operation goes. Yeah, and United. Yeah. Yeah, and United. Yeah, I think it's yeah, but I think Arsenal and um, Tottenham are making double what United do, and then I think it's Burnley because Burnley do just pocket the TV money and don't buy anyone and whatever. Burnley, Burnley, livid that they're not going to be one of the five guest teams. <laughs> yeah. I saw um, some like great stuff about uh, you know that famous sort of clip of Lewandowski and Royce in the Champions League final, like smiling at each other at kickoff. And then saying, "If I said this is going to be Chris Wood and Christian Benteke in the Champions League final next year," <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the ridiculous thing about that sort of statement is, you know, they've all been so irresponsible, particularly the Spanish clubs, been so irresponsible with money. Barcelona and Real Madrid, notably. I mean, Barca a billion quid in debt, and yeah, and Real Madrid similar. Exactly. Spend within your means. Stop like going and getting bailouts from the governments and stuff like this. And like Gareth bailout. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But and, and and furthermore, you know, them talking about you know uh, Perez particularly talking about that. You know, it's it's 
it's Real and Barca that completely fucked La Liga by negotiating their own TV rights. Mm-hmm. So that that you know, which is kind of what you know the whatever the last fucking project big bollocks was called that got sort of kicked out of court. You know, that's that's what creates disparity. Is 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 clubs doing that? So how how, how they can with a straight face sort of complain when they've they've kind of fractured their own domestic league to such a degree. Um, you know, it's, it's that they only need to look at it literally on their own doorstep to see what happens, you know, to a league when you do that. And yeah, and the reason the, the ramifications on the Prem would have been worse. And the reason the Premier League is so revered is because of the integrity within it and that there's competition and anyone can beat anyone. I know, I know people can point out that there's been some seven nils and nine nils recently, but um, the classic example always is, is the, the Palace three, three against Liverpool where we had absolutely nothing to play for. Liverpool going for the title and with. Well, yeah. And, and Villa just stuck seven past Liverpool yeah. a few weeks ago. You know, like you say, it's, it's, it's rare that stuff like that happens, but it, it is competitive. And it's good, and that is good for your league. That is what will make people watch it. No, I, there's only so many times I can turn the league on and watch Messi score five a past five goals past a bunch of nobodies. Absolutely, it's, it's just nonsense. And, and as a result, I, I, don't, I don't even bother watching um, El Clasico anymore. Like I can't remember the last time I watched a La Liga game. It just don't happen. I think the last time I watched a La Liga game was when we signed Guaita. So I watched his games until the end of the season. So um, see what he was all about and this that's good there's just so much wrong with Spain and then it's just what seems ridiculous then this guy's the driving force behind it how can the English clubs be supportive of this idea when they're so clear it seems to make no sense they're so clear of these Spanish clubs in terms of finances all you're going to do is bail them out and make them more competitive against you it seems it seems to make no sense to me but um but it, it was it was decisions being made by by money men, wasn't it? You know, it was you know Ed Woodward's of this world and Daniel Levy's and you know all the J.P. Morgan people that have infiltrated football. You know, it's it it wasn't seen as a you know as a as a competitive sporting decision. It was how can we make a shitload more money? Well, that was uh, just so happened on this. The, I think it was the Monday or maybe it was the Tuesday. I watched um, the Big Short, and that mm-hmm. was that was all J.P. Morgan driven. Effectively, a lot of what was going on there, they mm. contributed massively to the downfall. And I was like, this is just so funny that I'm watching this film at this time. And um, but then I suppose what all this has done is created some unlikely heroes. Um, I've already talked on this pod about how. Um, I've come around a bit on Patrick Bamford and thought that he's he's a much changed man. Um, Albert, um, so I'm going to go Heskiff. He's um, he's post match interview in that game for Leeds was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> and I, I'm the same. Like I, I, I couldn't stand him. I mean, I stand, I'll be I'll be honest. I still don't really like him that much. But <laughs> all my hatred is deep seated. But yeah, what he, what he said was absolutely right. You know, when it when it comes to hitting people's wallets, there's this big outcry. But when there's a legitimate, continued problem with racism, it gets it gets mentioned a little bit and then sort of swept away. Uh, and I do think I think I think that's absolutely true. <clears throat> and you know, I, I think if you look at the players that have come out and talked about their opinions of of this league, it's very clear that 
the people making decisions, like Albert said, are not football people. I mean, why JP Morgan are getting involved at all other than to make loads of money? You know, they don't give a shit about football. Um, but yeah, like the Bamfords and Milner and Kevin De Bruyne all came out and said, you know, they grew up wanting to play football. They like football. They have a dream of playing at the top or for their country or in this competition or that. And having people above them take decisions, right, you're now going to play in this really limited league where basically nothing happens and you play the same teams every, you know, every other week. They don't, you know, they're not interested in it. And and a lot of that as well, similar to what we said with Palace, comes from football players or football fans, aren't they? You know, when they're growing up, they, they, they support a football team and they love football and they want to be a footballer. So then becoming a professional footballer doesn't stop their love of the game. Um, so, I mean, it, it's good that everyone you know, roundly dug out this ridiculous idea. But I do agree with what Bamford said, that this energy and this sort of input from all over the place, like inside and outside of football, needs to happen for matters like racism and homophobia and that sort of thing, because it gets it gets stuff done. Uh, and and I think more important than digging out some billionaires is, is actual real-world problems that need to be, you know, Everyone yeah, completely. It, it's it's it, yeah. You say it's 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 funny how threats of being kicked out of competitions and players being banned from this, that, and the other get get thrown around when it's you know the Premier League and UEFA's and FIFA's reputation that that's taken a bit of a tarnishing. You know they they're happy to throw around those threats then, but like you say, the continual incidents of I mean, it's difficult at the moment in the current climate with no no fans, but obviously the you know racist abuse in in stadiums is 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 rife, particularly you know in international games and you know away from home. Talking about England specifically, and and not a lot gets done about it. So, you, like you say, Sam, that 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 energy and that hitting people with the book and 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 big fine, not fines, sorry, but big penalties in terms of points deductions and expulsions and stuff like. Yeah, they're they're clearly capable of doing it. So maybe they should apply apply that rule book to stuff that maybe matters a bit more. Yeah, and I, I talked there about Patrick Bamford being an unlikely hero, but with um, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher having that platform on Sky Sports and UEFA and FIFA talking about they're going to throw these bands out, it's like they've tried to become the heroes in this scenario. But Albert, I mean. <laughs> Most of these institutions are as corrupt as they come anyway, and uh, and have harmed the game enough in their own time as it is. It's um, we've got to be careful about lauding praise on all of these as on all of these places. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, you know, you can, we could we could dig into it for hours. You know, that the, the Premier League is guilty of doing what the ESL was trying to do, but what twenty five years ago? You know, they they decided to go off on their own, set up a new league for the for the sake of being able to make a, a bit more quid in you know, a more elite level of football, you know? So we can't, we, you know, we can't, can't defend the Premier League too much in terms of its integrity because it's kind of a, a, a smaller example of what, what everyone's now rallying against. Um, there's nothing anyone can do about the Premier League. It is what it is now. And, you know, we're reaping the benefits of it and, you know, it's good to be in the Premier League. I'd rather be in the Premier League than not in the Premier League. But like you say, Terence, you can't we can't sit here and say that, you know, it's a 
Premier League, UEFA, FIFA are these are these saintly, you know, altruistic, like driven organisations. You know, they are what they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't. I think is this enough? Is this enough, Heskiff? Have we talked about it enough? I feel I, I feel like the books will get, get closed on it in the next couple of days, and everyone's um, it's just going to be brushed under the carpet. I can't I can't see there being like Albert said. There's not. I, I can't see there being any punishments forthcoming with it. I think everyone will just try and set an agenda to accept their apologies say look how they was all nice about apologizing and saying we we're trying to do the best we've misjudged it blah 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 um should we just take them in that face value and say okay accept that accept the apologies and move on or do you, do you, do you really want it rammed home yeah i don't want to just leave it at an apology because i don't think their apologies are sincere but i think you're right in that we'll have a couple of weeks probably of everyone beating the drum and then it will just sort of be forgotten a little bit and they'll just get on with it. Because, I mean, the season doesn't have long to run anyway, does it? So I think once the summer hits and there's no club football anyway, um, it'll probably be sort of a hazy memory. Yeah, I think it might it might come back with a slight vengeance once fans have in stadiums on a full scale again and you end up playing against the teams that comes out again, which probably going to be a bit harsh on the fans of the of the teams that have ended up being dragged into this because credit to them, they've all come out and been against it. There's, um, I mean, the the only fans I've seen who have been supportive of it are fans from not from this country. So they have no bedding. They don't understand what it means to support a football club in England because they support it in a completely different way to how we support it. Because for us, it's our communities and, it always has been. It's, it's it's hundred years worth of institution for everyone. Where these people watch from afar on a TV and they want the glitz and glamour, and that's you know that's it. Go on, Haskiff. And it's when they, you know, you I mean, you got it at school as well. But even now on Twitter, you get people saying, "Well, your team are shit," and you're just oh. like, "Yes, they yes, accurate. That's fine yeah. though. Like that's I, I don't care. Yeah. Like Palace have been." Well, in the in the thirty plus years I've been sporting, we've we've been all right, been bang average. We've been a little bit shit at times, but like, who, who cares? Obviously, we all, we all want our team to win, and we would love to see Palace lift a trophy and all that. But we ain't going to stop sporting Palace, are we? We're not going to say, "Oh, I'm bored of it now" because you're, you know, you're shit and you don't win anything. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, my uh, my best friends um, in London are all Liverpool fans. And we never talk about football because we just, yeah, they just don't understand. They just, they don't understand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, the, the only time, whenever they bring up football, I'm like, well, where were you at Steven Gerrard's last game at Anfield? Like, because I was there. I was like, you've been to two Liverpool Cup finals because I sorted you out tickets. Like, don't talk to me about football. I can't, I, you know, do you know what I mean? You can't, I, I'm not interested in you telling me a palace of shit. I know. I've watched the 90 minutes twice a week for the last 25 years of my life. I absolutely know that we're shit. Um, I, I, go to wa- I go to watch us be shit in Barnsley. <laughs> I literally have a podcast where I say that once a week. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, there we go. I don't know. We've gone off on a tangent there, but that's the... Renewed your season tickets? Yes. Renewed. Yeah. Can't wait. There you go. 
can't wait to get back in the stadium. I don't just, I mean, especially with the, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. Uh, let's end it talking about the unity they brought amongst the fans because obviously it's really hard to completely unify all of football, all football fans against one thing or to everyone to agree the same thing. But Albert, for everyone to be on the same page almost exclusively is is quite a sight in when it comes to football. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, even the even the, like the, the chief exec of Brighton was on. Pff, I can't remember what radio show. And it was like, yeah, even oh, I'm even agreeing with him, sort of thing. And it's like, but yeah, it's 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 such a horrendous. I mean, I'm still not such a horrendous idea. You still think, like, did they did they mean it? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure they did, but it's like, it was so horrendously bad. How how on earth did anyone think that was going to get like get a thumbs up from anyone, let alone the wider football community that's around the world that's something my mate cooper texted when we were all talking about in our whatsapp group he was like the thing that gets me more than anything else is that these big clubs and in inverted commas are all seemingly outraged that everyone's like no this is a shit idea you money grabbing <laughs> what are you talking about and they're like what do you mean what do you mean that you, this is a bad idea this is a great idea it's because they've been sat around having a you know, twelve man circle jerk about making loads of money, <laughs> and then you know, little Palace can fuck off and let us take Will for tuppence. You know? Well, it, it, I mean, if you list them off, right, you've got you can understand why the Americans are think this is a good idea because it's basically American sports is this is what it is, right? There's there's no relegation, there's no promotion. That that's it. You can understand that why they think that. You you could argue that they should have learned by now that. Um, there's there's other ways to sport outside of um, a closed loop kind of scenario that exists in American sports. But then if you then start spanning that, Daniel Levy should know better, but we all know how much of a money grubber he is, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think Gary Neville touched on Abramovich and um, the shake at Man City really well in saying, like, this feels off for them, like they've made... They've made a mistake here and now immediately backtrack because everything they're trying to do is they've done so much within the communities and they've you know done done a lot to have a legacy in those places. So you can you, you feel like it's a bit off with them, but then for me the ultimate one is <clears throat> I, I sort of read up on the Milan, um, the guy who owns Milan who is. Weedle, weaseled his way in there and I was reading about him and he's been um, Albert. he's been buying debts for countries so he did it I think it was in Peru and Argentina he basically bought their debt and then as soon as they defaulted on payments started taking you know um, assets so for, in Ar- for Argentina they defaulted on a payment and he took a 1.5 billion warship off a coach now this is the sort of people that you're dealing with here so I don't know. but i think yeah, we're, we're, we're flogging a dead horse um let's get something to into something a little bit more light-hearted away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Funtime videos, choose your match day squad, post match ratings and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Yeah, so let's get in something a little bit more light-hearted now. I think we'll um, we'll go with... Hesley, I know you enjoyed this. Ever Eche Eze. I said that, that that went all sorts of off. That's the beer kicking in. Ebbs, Ebbs, and Ebbs and Gyro uh, playing FIFA against Junior Eagles today. It's, it's, it's up there with some of the best content that's ever come out of Palace TV, ain't it? Yeah, it's pretty good hearing Ebbs refer to a twelve-year-old child as being disgusting. Is not something that is going to get topped in the next couple of weeks, at least. I would say. Yeah, he's for scoring a sweaty goal as you can on FIFA, which is when you get to the byline and you cut it back for a tap in. I mean, it wasn't a tap in to be fair; it's an overhead kick that the kid scored. But um... Um, I'm glad you told me that because I was laughing at it, and then Vanessa was like, "What's a sweaty goal?" I said, "I've got no idea." <laughs> got no good. idea. Pa- pa- Palace never score goals. <laughs> I don't know what a goal is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he ended up beating one of the kids seven, seven one, seven two. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he 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 went ham. He did. Um, I did quite like that. One of the goals he scored as Eze in FIFA, and it was like a rascal volley from at, you know the edge of the area. And the kid just said, "You can't do that in real life, so it don't count." <laughs> this this game's unrealistic. This game's unrealistic. <laughs> Eze just had to roll up in the chair and just laugh it laugh, laugh it off. Where's, where where was where was um, FIFA? As a playing, I oh, he's through the middle, so that was unrealistic. Yeah, as well. nah, yeah, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> also, there were there were nine goals, and both teams were managed by Roy Hodgson. So again, unrealistic. Well, you know when you know when Perez was saying that we want to we want to create a league where people kids do replicate what they do on FIFA. I mean, if we get in that league and it makes Roy play as essentially, then I'm I'm coming around yeah, to the yeah. idea. Forget the first half an hour of the show. We're in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but Gy- Gyro was all pretty much chilled out playing it. It was as you'd expect from Gyro. But then Eze, Eze was proper heart on his sleeve. When it when he lost, he didn't like it to the extent of what was it? What did Grierson say to it? say at the end of it? Well, yeah, he lost to the, he lost to this kid and Grierson asked kid, oh, I think his name's Dylan. Dylan, how old are you? And Dylan goes 12. And he's like, Ebbs, you just lost to a 12 year old. And Eze was like, what are you asking him? He's age four. You don't need to know that. <laughs> but on the other hand, when he won 7-2, he like literally crawls as close up to the laptop screen or computer screen as he can get. And he asked the kid, are you all right? <laughs> and then just laugh at him. You, you said you were going to beat me 5-1. Five, five like, where, where are you now? <laughs> but that's FIFA. That's, I mean, 
that's FIFA. If you play FIFA, you got if you got that controller in your hand and you're playing against someone, if you get beat, you got to hold it. Don't matter how old you are. Mm. Um, had loads of contract news. Loads of contract news. There's there's rumours flying around that Sacco is definitely done. Won't be getting a new contract. I don't think that surprises anyone. Um, what do you reckon, Albert? Back to France. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, it's got to fucking be able to walk and play football first. <laughs> I just say I was just going to go back to France. Like, oh, what, like necessary little, to play football? Yeah, what, like a long weekend. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm I'm doing that as well. Fuck it. <laughs> Sweet, I'll go with him. Um, but there's also suggestions that Wald and Dan and Cahill will be offered extensions. Um, at that, Albert, that'll be a testimonial for Ward at the very least. Yeah. I'll take. I'll, I'm got no problems with any of those free renewals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dan is back up. Cahill, or I mean, Cahill is gonna. He's what one player a month for the last two months, isn't he? I mean, it's. It'll be. I don't think it'll be silly at this point not to keep him. But Hesky, we got we got to be adding a younger centre back at some point in the summer, though, right? I would hope so. Uh, I. I don't. I don't dislike him by any means, but I. I probably wouldn't give Dan an extension. Um, I mean, you've got Martin Kelly, who's barely kicked a ball all season. He's been fit for most of it, and I'd prefer to see him him in there. Um, too, too busy playing chess, mate. He's, yeah, too, that's very true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would like to think we're looking at a younger centre back because none of our centre backs are young, including Czech, who arguably isn't a centre back. So I think. The signs are not great that we are if we're if we're offering Cahill and Dan extensions, um, but I think that's something we should be doing. Wardy, yeah, that's fine. Great to see him get a testimonial. Weird in the, in the modern day that we're seeing like two testimonials not that far away from each other after we had Jules a few years ago. Oh, we're going to get very likely get a Wilf one as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, does a testimony have to be ten consecutive years or just ten years across the time? Sweet. Swilf, give him whatever. <laughs> give him whatever. Um, well, offering Cahill extension might be a very good idea because Albert, you 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 know Cahill knows, right? Um, John Terry. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, but um, he also knows a certain Jose Mourinho. Ah, I see where have, you're going with this. Have the stars finally aligned? Now, all the ah. way down, all the way down the years, he's. He's mentioned us unnecessarily at times. Like, you know, even back in, before he ever came to England, he mentioned Crystal Palace Football Club. Uh, listen, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't absolutely love it if we got Mourinho, but it ain't happening. <laughs> do, I, do, I even, do I even need to say that? I don't even need to say it ain't happening because it just ain't happening. Can we Can we dream? It's been such yes. a down in the doldrum season. Like, yes. can, can, can we dream? Can we just can we speculate for two minutes on this podcast, which you know is the only joy in my life these days? No, I can't say that. That's just in, inaccurate. But um, yeah, come on, just just let let yourself go, enjoy it, speculate. How oh, much listen, would you love it? I'd love it. Uh, do, would we get an Amazon series or a Quest TV series or Quest TV? <laughs> Uh, probably Quest, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'd take Mourinho all day long. Can you imagine that? Even if it was really bad, 
Like it's it'll be, sort of it'll be brilliant. At least like now it's bad, and Roy is he's just a dour. Like his his interviews afterwards are pretty boring. I can't really get involved in them. Jose will just be popping off at everyone. You know, Absolutely. If we, if we lose three nil to Norwich. <laughs> I'd love to see Jose Mourinho press conference after that. It'd be amazing. He's the Uber. Yeah. He's the Uber Pardew. Like. <laughs> I don't look for, for me. If I if I'm Steve Parrish in this situation, right? You've got you know as a fan, you know he's mentioned the the club loads. The P- Palace fans have always mentioned it. We've always seen Reno's right. Your fans are shy and shit like that. We're not, you know. He, he can't have it can't have been lost on him that Mourinho's talked about a little, you know, has a little, little bit of love for us. And now Jose is he's out. Of, where's where's his next where's his next job in football? Right? Where's where's he going? He's not gonna he's not gonna get another massive job, is he? He's his next job has to be a bit of a thing for him. Where if he's still hungry, do you want to prove that you know you've still got it? And get us to, to ninth place in the league, Jose, in your right no, You've got that. You, you look back, what you know, he won the he won the Champions League with Porto. Like, you know, go back to that. Like, but you can come to Palace and it is okay to have that backs against the wall mentality. Like, it is absolutely fine to play the style of football you want to play. No one's going to question you about it. You can park the bus and try and hit teams on the counter and stuff like that. You can, you can come and do that at Palace. And this is this is your move where you can prove to everyone, I went to Palace, I won the FA Cup, I took them to the Europa League, and I fucking won the Europa League as well. And it will be your biggest achievement. Oh, it I'm won't, getting so excited. It won't be it won't be it'll be more than going to Inter and winning the double there. It'll be more than winning the Champions League with Porto. Coming to Palace and winning a couple of trophies in a couple of years would be that would be your crowning achievement in football. And everyone, everyone would appreciate that. Like that time when everyone was saying, are oh, you manager of the year? And you went, no, Tony Pulis is for what he's done at Palace. That could be you, bruv. You could be Tony Pulis. You could that be might put, Tony That might put Pulis. him off. Don't say that. <laughs> Edit that out. Here's a baseball cap. <laughs> Get in the shower and punch James Beatty. Well, who did it <laughs> But I don't know. That's just, that's for me. Uh, what 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 you got to take your shot, Parish? Take your shot. Yeah, he's already. In what love. you got to lose? You got to bell look. him up. You got to bell him up. Yeah, come down. Well, I love that the other day. He's on. He's on BBC News at like twenty past seven in the morning, and the whole time he's on it, his landlines ringing in the background, and um, everyone's like, "Jose's on the phone, mate. You got to pick it up." Yeah. <laughs> No, Good Morning Britain was 40 minutes later. Like I said, he was literally on every single BBC show that happened that day. He was on everything. Absolutely everything. I was, I said, he was talking to Susanna Reid. I mean, are they still together? I don't know. Are they on? Are they off? What well, did he ask? <laughs> well, he, well, on the interview on Good Morning Britain, before before we get into this, why haven't you been returning my yeah. text? <laughs> did you get the flowers I sent? It's, a, it's when he stands up on the Zoom because he's accidentally not wearing his trousers. <laughs> uh, well, after now, I, I think that's where I draw the line. Um, <laughs> let's get into the preview. We've got a preview. We're, we're going to briefly, I think, talk about um, Leicester game. Now, Heskey, if you've had it in the background, how they got on tonight? They've been playing while we were recording. Last I knew they were 3-0 up against yeah, West I think, Brom. I would like to say it finished 3-0. I wasn't really paying attention because Albert's We'd been... say it then. Albert's been Albert's been doing weights in the background whilst we've been talking. Get out of town. 
Yeah, so it did finish, it did finish 3-0. Three first half goals, Vardy, Evans and Ian Acho again. Um, well, we've done well against them, haven't we, down down the years. It was only last year they beat us 3-0 um, at the King Power and it was the first time they'd beaten us for quite a while. Um, they've got a big, you know, in the time that since we've last played, I think they would have played three games before they play us. Um, Hesiv, is that going to aid them in terms of their match fit and ready and in a flow? Or um, will our rested legs um, cause a bit of a problem for them? I mean, if we get to kick off without having had more injuries in training before Monday... <laughs> Wickham's, Wickham's fit, like well, sort of. He's, he's, he's not fit, but he's on the training field at least. We so, will see. Um I think I think it's been tough. Like the, the the brief bit that I watched just now, they were taking taking a few decent players and subbing them off, sort of resting them. So I think they've got a pretty decent squad, haven't they? So I'm sure they can cope with it. Um, but it's gonna be a tough one. I mean, we have had an all right record against them, but if we, I say, I feel like I say it's a lot, but if we defend in the way that we've defended in in some of the recent games, notably Chelsea. They've got pace. They've got quality to to ruin us in the way that Chelsea did. So it's going to be very tough. We're going to have to have a much better start than the opening ten minutes of the last game. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable to hear Roy brush that aside as just no, it was Chelsea were amazing. Not anything to do with us being the most. I, I don't think it was our worst performance of the season because I think that was probably Villa away, but um, it was it was up there by oh Jesus, it was te- it was terrible. Uh, seven more games to go, everyone. Seven more games to go. Uh, Leicester, Albert, against the non non top six clubs, six wins, five losses at home. So they get out of ball at home. It's, it's, it's not it, we can't just completely write off. We can't go there and just expect to lose. No, and again, we always like to play on the the counter attack, and obviously that that's more uh, sustainable away from home. So yeah, listen, it's not the most daunting of trips, but you know they're they're up there for good reason. They're they're a very solid side, but they do they they have sort of had the odd slip up. You know they could have they could have could have probably still been pushing United a bit closer for second place, were it not for a couple of blips. Mm. Um, well, so, like yeah. I say, I mean, losing five games at home to clubs that aren't inside the top six is that's that's where their season's fallen over. Like they they could have absolutely been set now down second place if they'd just done better against the teams they should be expected to beat. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's a little bit of hope there, and, and maybe coupled with fairly recent memories of decent results against them, and again including some away performances in that. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, pretty much every time we've gone there and we've picked up those big wins, it's been similar scenarios to this. We haven't gone there with anyone expecting us to win. Where do we go where people expect us to win? <laughs> um, there's got a Brighton, I would I'd say is one. Yeah. Uh, we always, where where do we always win? We kind of always, no, I was going to say Burnley, but that's just not true. It's kind that's of... very not true. <laughs> it was for a couple of seasons. Um, Fulham. There you go. I think Old Trafford. I, I think, I think and Old Trafford. Yeah. Old, Tra- Old Manchester. Probably the closest. And, uh, yeah. I, I, what was it? We've lost one of our last twelve in Manchester, isn't that right, or something like that? One of our last ten, or something. So, 
yeah, Ma- Manchester it used to be Liverpool. I guess was always was always a fun time. But no, but we you know we've gone there. We've beaten them three 0 We've stuck. Did we stick five past them in their own backyard, or was that a home? That we beat, we that beat at five home. at home. Yeah, and we beat we scored a four against them. Did we beat four one yes. at their place? Yeah. So Saha. you know it's Saha indeed doing that lovely dance in front of that spookishly HD camera in the front of the way end. It's um it's look, talking about FIFA earlier. It looked like a FIFA goal celebration, but um yeah, I mean l- looking at Leicester's strengths, they uh, they have a lot of strengths. Um, very strong at creating chances using through balls. Um, great one of that a couple of weeks ago. Tillemans putting. Iniesta through and the super slow mo of Lewis Dunk falling over. I think we, I think we talked about that on the pod. The best, uh, <laughs> creating chances through individual skill, coming back from losing positions, creating long shot opportunities, shooting from direct free kicks, finishing scoring chances, protecting the lead, and stealing the ball from the opposition. All their strengths. For context, our strengths are attacking down the wings, protecting the lead, and stealing the ball from the opposition. Um, that's it. Via legal, via legal means or just? <laughs> um, well, largely we're not aggressive, um, according to this. It's one of our styles, except from when it comes to um, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, which I think is solely down to Kiate making midfielder challenges on the edge of the box. Um, <laughs> one of the niggly ones that you, you want to make on the halfway line, he keeps making them on the, the D. Maybe he's confusing the D with a centre circle. We've all done it. <laughs> Uh, let's not get into the D mate Um, let's not get into the centre circle (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where they they are weak which again is a good point for us is defending counter-attacks so and defending defending set pieces so we've been I think we've been you know Benteke in form in the air get get some crosses in hit on some counters you Uh, you uh, never know now now there's the issue getting the crosses in We've had, well, our, we've, we've, we've had our one cross for the month. We've, right. we've, we've been having our moments of late. No, we've got some crosses into Benteke in the penalty area and he scores some goals. What's he on? Six now for the season. Um, the, mm. we, the goal against Chelsea was beautiful. I mean, just hallelujah. Like, just do that. Just put, just put it in the box. Just I, uh, do I, that. I, just put, put a left-footed winger on the left flank and cross the ball into the box. Roy Hodgson, training ground. Highlight of that goal. Just do that. Just just do that. I said as much on Twitter saying that's what happens when you cross the ball to Benteke. Can you cross the ball to Benteke? And it was liked by Jonathan Benteke. Ah. So Not hopefully you. he's relayed it. Not <laughs> yeah. Christian. Not you. Christian. Yeah. We didn't get the we didn't get the opportunity to cross the ball to you. You snapped your ACL like within about four seconds of being on the field at Middlesbrough. I, I saw you come on at Middlesbrough. Run with the balls here, you're about 60 yards out, and then P roll it about two yards, and that was it. <laughs> That's one of the dodgiest signings in the history of football. Like, that was there, there's some, that was agent led. That and Rui Fonte. Yeah, I mean, well, to get who was the, uh, the, the famous, famous one is the Southampton player, right? Who what was it, Ali DR? Was it? Oh, well, I thought you meant who <laughs> we signed. Oh, yeah. Cousin. Yeah, yeah, George, George, George Ware phoned him up and said, "My cousin is a top bowler. He's coming. He's coming down." <laughs> they subbed him on and then immediately subbed him off. Enough again, <laughs> What's going on? Here? Yeah, so um, yeah, really fun. They did get us a points deduction, but he wasn't like he wasn't a bad footballer, was he? It's decent enough. 
Wow. And talking about that, I mean, Joe, I mean, we should be saying font. We know we should be saying font now. Jose font's about to bloody win the league. Uh. Uh. If they if they don't bottle it, like they just have to outperform PSG for a few games, four games left or something like that in the league. And that is that's astonishing at his age to think that years, you know, a decade after we see him, he went and won the Euros, and then fifteen years later, he's going to win a title in France. It's um, pretty special. Fair play to him. Take him back. We like aging centre backs. Yeah, <laughs> he fits the he fits the the parameters, doesn't he? Oh, we like to pass out from the back now. He's he's all sorts of all sorts of us. <laughs> Go on, Albert. So he's not quite old enough. He's not. I mean, how old is he? He's got. He's got to be approaching forty, surely. We're all approaching forty. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I, I, I can just about bend over and touch my toes, mate. Oh, There's what different... an image! What an image! No, he was. Uh, he is younger than me. Just. Um, how old is he? he? His birthday is twenty second December nineteen eighty three, so he's thirty seven. Yeah. See. Not quite old enough for a glorious return to Celeste. He's got about twelve months before he he comes back to do that. So when his little contracts up, he's going to. Yeah. But you see, he's done it. So he went, you know, Palace, Southampton, West Ham. Then he went to China, and that was yeah. supposed to be it. Comes back to Lille, and look at him now. Bosh! Unbelievable. He walks in at thirty-eight, and Hodgson will say, "Who's this other young man?" Uh, are you saying Hodgson will still be here at the end of next season? Well, am I saying that? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yes, yes. I wouldn't bet against it. Really? Oh my God, I don't know. We've just talked about, did you not just hear my rip-roaring speech about getting Jose in? Yeah, I know, but I've come down from that. Not all of us are (laughs) drinking fucking 6% pineapple juice, mate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some of us fair. live in the real world fair enough fair enough right so let's just look <laughs> what as an extension of our jose dream now leicester leicester are the dream aren't they heskiff won, so, won, the, won the premier league in 2016 went yeah. on a champions league tour went on a europa league tour and well, they went to Thailand, but they no. don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> if, if, and if, now they've got an FA Cup final. That's all. I mean, it's, it, it shows it can be achieved, right? It can be done. It, it, it can be done. It can. I mean, it, it's it's something to aspire to. I mean, you know, I remember at the, at the time they won the league, one of my mates was a bit annoyed because he was like, this should be us. So I can't get behind <laughs> it. Um yeah, but look, yeah, getting into the cup final, I just want to win the cup. Because we've all said, I think we've talked about in the past, would you want to win the FA Cup and go down or, you know, get to the final and stay up? I want to win the cup. I want us to win something that isn't a ZDS before I die. Uh, I mean, if, uh, it, uh, I'll take the ZDS again if they bring yeah, it back. Right, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> Papa John's trophy. <laughs> Jose delivers us Papa John's trophy. I've heard we are working on a breakaway competition to bring back the the, the, the said yes. yes. It's, a, the it's, all been a big, it's all been a big bluff from Parish. All this press over the last few years, how it's has been an attempted coup on football. Well, he's he's secretly trying to bring back the Zenith data. Well, what what we're going to do is we're going to 
scrape into seventh for then he's gonna we qualify for the Europa League and then he'll pay a load of us to turn into hooligans and get England all English teams banned from Europe and then we'll have to reintroduce the ZDS and then we'll win that. Sorted. Master so, plan. Imagine it. Just just Roy just shit houses Pep Guardiola to another one nil victory. And we, we we claim the ZDS trophy for our own. And then he peels off his mask and it's Mourinho all along. <laughs> okay, so oh, I, I don't even know anymore. Predictions. <laughs> Hesketh, are we going to lose? Yep. What's the score going to be? 3-1. Uh, Albert, are we going to lose and are you pissed off that Hesketh took your score? No, I'm not pissed off because I'm going to say uh, one all. Mm, it's me who's pissed off. You took my score. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get, because it's Monday Night Football and it's on Sky and fuck Sky, nil-nil, I hope it's boring. I'll take, I'll take it. it. <laughs> there you go right so we are finished we're going to be back next week because we've got man city early kickoff on saturday so yes me me heskiff and albert shall return this sunday i imagine there will be a review match report of some kind from Not hambo and the team oh no oh, goodness oh god see i've I need to start writing this down before the podcast. <laughs> so before I've had 6% beers, I need to write this down as uh, this is what's happening in the future. 6% so will, squash. So it will probably be us, guys. We'll, we'll be reviewing the game, I imagine. Double duty. So let's hope it's not a nil-nil then. I, I, I take it back. Let's hope it's a 3-3. It was amazing. And Christian Benteke scores from all of the crosses. And Jonathan Benteke likes all of Heskiff's tweets. Likes all of Heskiff's tweets. <laughs> like that as well. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Look out for us next week. And until then, up the palace. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.